In this episode, I get to chat with Tanya Franks, a British actress, writer, and producer whose starring roles in television include Rainey from BBC One's EastEnders and Rowan Morell from ITV's The Bill. Hey. <laughs> oh, no sound. <laughs> I can oh, see you. Oh, you are. <laughs> Look at you in a field of bluebells. I'm like, wow, wow, they've opened up lockdown and he's out there like a shop. <laughs> Weirdly, I feel more weird now we're coming out of lockdown than mm. having gone into it. The going into it, I was okay. And the dealing with it, I was okay. I sort of in my head went into a place where I was a bit like, all right, we often pay to go on a retreat, you know? <laughs> this is a little bit like a retreat. <laughs> um, but actually when it came to the, the thought of coming out of this, I'm nervous. I think we all are, because it, I mean, it's not like yeah. they've got a cure. We've got to learn to live with the... With this thing. I'm watching your Instagram and you're out there running all the time and... Yeah, I did a run yesterday, another little run yesterday. So do you know um, what's going on with the um, London Marathon? Do you think it'll go ahead or...? It is planned to, yeah. It's due to go in October, 4th of October. Okay. Um, I'll see whether, you know, yeah. we'll see what happens. I mean, who knows? Will they want 40,000 people? running together and all the millions that come onto the streets as well. I mean, I can't walk 26 and a half miles, let alone run it. So it's like... <laughs> I did it last year and I should have walked it, but... <laughs> no, I'm glad I ran it. I'm glad I ran it. But, um, training this year been a bit easier than I take it. So it Well, I did. I got up to 15 miles just okay. before the lockdown. And then, of course, once you lock down, it's a bit like, oh, well, I don't want to peak. I don't want to peak too early. So you kind of have to then just hold, you know, put the brakes on a bit. So I'm just doing like three, five, six miles. Just and the then you that three and five miles off is unreal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then come June, I'll start then building it up again. And uh, so then three months of training again, and then, you know, back up to, you sort of aim to get to about 22 miles and then. Okay. Um, and the last four and a half miles just comes through adrenaline then, does it? Or yeah, 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 literally, literally. You don't know what, what your body's going to do after 22 miles, so you <laughs> yeah. don't want to risk it. Die. <laughs> so don't need corona. So exactly. 22 miles. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, 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 yeah. So you're, it's you're like... Running you're running for the out, out, Alzheimer's, isn't it? Doing for um, Alzheimer's Society for the marathon, yeah. So um, a lot of the other stuff I do is for Alzheimer's Research UK. So it, yeah. I usually, yeah, do it for Alzheimer's. So, is that yeah. a, a subject that's very close to your heart? Then I take it. Yeah, yeah. My stepfather, my stepfather has Alzheimer's. Yeah, so I do it yeah. to you know because of him, but also because there's eight hundred fifty thousand people living with it, you know, yeah. and there's no, there's no sign of, you know, there's no cure. There's no, no. it's not anything that you can, just, <laughs> there's nothing you can do, and and it's there's the carers as well that it affects the lives of so drastically as well you know you yeah. it's such a it's a it's a really tough tough disease <laughs> we keep putting this these little this little sign on the door do not not recording <laughs> are you doing sort of like record what you're recording you're not still doing stuff for eastenders are you no but um no but you know just um, we've got a little voiceover thing going on here so my fella does voiceovers and oh, right. so he's been doing, yeah, so he's been able to do voiceover, sort of, voiceover got, gig going. Up in this little studio, you've got a towel over your head and you put your... Oh, we've, we've got it in our, in our understairs cupboard. <laughs> so, Harry Potter style. 
It's superb. It's just great. I mean, all this technology and they're paying for your cabs or someone to come and pick you up so you can do this voiceover. You can do it at home yeah. with a cardboard box. I know. And a <laughs> so. I mean, it's just crazy, isn't it? You think, why have we never done this before? No, it's, no. Uh, it's just, you know, it's, I mean, and, and we read yesterday that Twitter have just agreed to, for everybody to work at home forever. Everybody oh, okay. that's been working from home for Twitter can carry on working at home forever now. But you've been mega busy because you were on Children on Children in Need, weren't you? On the Comic Relief. Thing. We did, yeah. We did the big night in. Yeah, it was the Children in Need um, Comic Relief yeah, combination, and yeah, we did that. That was that was kind of that was funny because we were all, of course, doing it from our own homes and uh you know going what we're gonna do what we've got to film with what hold <laughs> <laughs> oh, on i'm gonna download an app and then do what do you not think that this has made people get even closer to one another and they say there's yeah. that there's that thought process now where they're, they're actually being a bit more compassionate because they're yeah stuck with what's going on in the world so yeah yeah well i suppose as well you you're looking out for your community as well you're looking mm. out for you know, other people, your self-preservation, but also you're aware that we all need, we're all, every single one of us is in this together. I mean, it is true, every single one of us, no matter, you know, how you live, it's, it's, it is affecting every single person in the world. <laughs> That's just incredible. Mind-blowing, isn't it, really? It's mind-blowing, yeah, it is mind-blowing. Well then, tell me all about your Stockpot Productions, because that was 93, was it, it was set up? Was I started it? that in 93, yeah. And uh, started it in theatre, actually doing theatre, producing bits of theatre with it. Mm -hmm. I, I started by doing productions of Bernard Shaw right. in it, George Bernard Shaw. Okay. And then I started moving more into making short films with Stockpot Productions. So then I made three short films with it. Okay. And actually I haven't made anything with Stockpot for a, a long time now. The last short film I made was 14 years ago, but I, I still write and I still have the name of Stockpot Productions. I just haven't really done anything with it in that time. But yeah, I still write and I still develop scripts and projects and ideas. And I, I love that side of things, you know. So well, it's great. And I mean, I, I, I now um, have it where I develop projects as well with another writer. Um, and But actually, you saying about the team, I think the thing that we I've or I've always lacked is the team. Okay. Because it's mostly been me working with people here and there. And actually what I've lacked is the fund is a fundamental team. Yeah. And it's hard because like I say, sometimes you just need that sounding board and that, you know, to, to talk about projects and ideas yeah. and how you're gonna do things. And you know, all comes down to funding at the end, doesn't it? Always comes yeah. down. Yeah. And that? actually, and that's that's always been the weak point for me. Yeah. Because and especially as well because I have such a good career as an actor where I'm you know working a lot so it touch wood up, up to this point in my life I've been really fortunate with that and so it means that once you were you know once you're I find acting in another project you can't keep the, the momentum going with going for the money and blah 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 you, it's, I've discovered that to be a producer really you need to be a producer yeah, yeah, and th th there is this chat, you know, this uh, spinning plates, and if you don't keep them yeah. spinning, they lose momentum and yeah, focus. Yeah. you've got to stay focused, and you've like, got to stay. Yeah, yeah. You've been a busy actor for the last. Four yeah, years. yeah, well, yeah. Well, yeah, for a long time. I mean, you know, um, I mean, in television, I've, it's been once I, I mean, I've been acting for. Who comes? 
Oh, gosh. I can't remember. Uh, away. <laughs> yeah, like 30 years, mm. over, over 30 years, 34 years, 34 years, I think. And, um, but the first 14 years were all theatre. And that was a real mishmash, you know, that was a lot of um, fringe theatre and regional theatre and a couple of international shows. And, you know, it, so there was, it was a real mishmash of stuff. And then went into sort of, you know, doing West End and the National Theatre. And, and then television took over um, in, what was that, 20 years ago. My career moved into television. And it's, you know, it's really been a real mixture of, you know, bits of film, um, lots of television, interspersed with great theatre as well. It's like, it, it's been, you know, touch wood, Crockley. And I've got to say, I, I've been, you know, very i'm very fortunate with that and uh i think sort of like you know when you it, work hard you get you know people say it's not it's not luck it's work hard and i really truly yeah. believe you're a, you're a grafter yeah i am a grafter and and some people some people i i learned really early on that for some people it just happens for some people you know and you know there's a couple of people i know who are very successful actors yeah. who though they say themselves that they really done nothing towards it. They've just literally, it just, you know, they just came out of drama school and just the phone rang, you know? And uh, yeah, it's just, that happens, you know, that does happen. And, but I was really aware that that didn't happen to me straight away. So I was going to have to do something about it. I so I- the lottery because I know damn well that my look isn't there. <laughs> if I'm going to work for it, so. Yeah, I just literally had to turn around and say, you know, well, okay i've got to make this i've got to make this happen for me yeah, no you know and at the end of the day if people come on board with me and if they you know as as my career develops if they you know you hope that people are going to want to employ you of course you do yeah, of course. so as and if and when that happens brilliant but if it doesn't i've got to make sure that i'm doing it for myself because otherwise i'll just be very frustrated is there anybody that you can think of that really just helped you up to the next rung of the ladder? Uh, there's been, I mean, there's been a couple of, um, I think a couple of things, a couple of times. Um, funnily enough, actually, it's funny you should say that because just this morning I was thinking about one of them. Well, there was an amazing guy who is sadly not with us anymore. He was an amazing character. And this was in my fringe theatre days when I used to do fringe theatre, you know, uh, much, much, much earlier on in my career. And uh, he was a producer called Sid, Sid Golder, Sidney Golder. And Sid Golder used to run the lunchtime theatre at the King's Head in Islington. Right. And he also uh, used to run a theatre in the Elephant Castle. It was called the Elephant Theatre. And it started actually from Southwark University. And then he had, then he got a venue in the Element as well. And, okay. and I, did, I did a few shows for him. He gave me my first opportunity to, um, no, it wasn't, no, no, that's, that's not true. It wasn't my first opportunity, but he gave me an early opportunity to produce on the fringe, okay. to produce the Bernard Shaw plays on the fringe. And from that, he then cast me in a number of other shows and, Two of two of the shows that we did, and one of them was was Tess of the Durbervilles, where I played Tess, yeah. and uh, and 
the, that show and another show that we did called Belfast both got Time Out Critics Choice. Okay. And so from that, I think I became a bit of a flavour for him. <laughs> so he kept giving me other shows. Good reviews. It's like, yeah, that's right. He kept giving me, you know, more and more opportunities. And he would always be scouting around for people to come and see me in them. And, and I did get work from working in those shows. And, uh, but he was an amazing character. I can't explain him. Um, he was, he, he was a, it was a prop, a prop, a prop, a geezer, right? And he was, and he had been an ex, uh, ex criminal as well. Okay. And yeah, so he'd been a, a safe blower. That was, oh, wow. he, yeah, he was, and, um, but actually, and he did spend time inside, but he, he spent time inside. But actually, he was wrongfully arrested for what he spent time inside yeah. for, as I understand it. And uh, but he's a he was an amazing man, and and he got into theatre by take by getting an electrician's job at RADA. Oh, okay. And that started his love of theatre, and he then started he want he started running one of the very first fringe theatres in London in. Uh, mm. Yeah, I mean, amazing at Spice of Life in town, eh? They're financed by safe blowing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and well, bless him. I mean, he didn't he didn't have any any money to his name, and he 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 was amazing in that he would he produce shows. We put shows on, and we used to do. Uh, you'd have a share of the profits. So that was the only pay you would get would be the share of the profits. But he would never take any money for himself okay. he lived on his pension and all the money that was made would pay the rent to the theatre and then all the profits on top of that was split between the cast he never took a penny out of it for himself yeah, and true love of theatre he was an extraordinary man and he used to have run-ins with people because he had no filter he had no he had no tact so he was he was always rubbing people up gangster. Yeah, he was like he was always rubbing people up the wrong way, saying the wrong thing. <laughs> but I truly loved him and uh, and then he passed away when he was um, eight, about eighty two, I think it was. Right. And we had a lovely funeral and that for him and um, that was a few years ago now, some years ago now. But yeah, so he he was probably the big one for me. Say, so you tend to not not everybody, but a lot of people have always got that little person. It's like a little guardian angel that just comes along and just, yeah. just gives them that little step up. And it, all it is, it's not you know, not you know, it's just that little tiny step. You just yeah. you know, it's run, and then all of a sudden you see see things going and happening. Yeah. So yeah. and it's hard because when you start moving on from yeah. that as well, you know, I, I had conversations with him where he would offer me a, another play. And I'd have to say, Sid, I, I just, I, I can't, I can't, I don't want to go back to doing just that now. I want to really do other things too. You have to, you know, you've got this whole career to go. And, and in, what, in what you do as well, I mean, I know there's a lot of people out there, you know, you know, hence the Britain's Got Talents of the World and stuff. It's a really hard game to be in because there are so yeah. few roles when you think about 66 million people that live in the UK. And that's yeah. the people that are coming over. Yeah, there's, yeah. You know, there's you know so many only so many hundred roles being offered up each year. Yeah, know, so, yeah. But then again, talent prevails, and 
hence why you've been busy. So, yeah, yeah, well, thank you. And uh, yes, and uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, I think it is, but I think it is a mixture of talent, luck and tenacity. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think you, you know, know, open, you know so when you've had that no, you just go on to the next audition. So yeah, you you know you have to deal with the rejection. There's plenty of that rejection, mm. so you have to deal with that. And that you know that you, it doesn't matter when it is in your life, you've still got to deal, deal with that. So it's there's there's yeah, it is. Um, I wouldn't change it. No. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go back and think oh you know perhaps I should have done something else ever I've I love 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 what I do always have done always will there was a there was a, a golden nugget that um an actress you know the actress Glenda Jackson yes. um she she gave me a a, a, a a real golden nugget of wisdom when I was 15 years old she came to my secondary school and I just got into drama school and uh she and she was the patron of our drama school at the time and she just happened to come to my secondary school because for to visit another student at the school and i said oh can i meet her can i meet her i've just got into drama school that she's a patron of and uh, and so anyway they we did we arranged for me to meet her and she said to me if she said just be prepared to be unemployed 80 percent of the time if you can handle that, then you'll be fine. But just be aware that that's that's more often more often than not the case. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I just went okay, that's great. And I can remember in my head, like almost flipping the numbers, going okay, eighty percent leads twenty percent. So if eighty percent, no, I'm going to aim for being unemployed twenty percent of the time rather than eighty percent of the time. <laughs> It was like I just literally, and I just went, and I, I've always had that. I've always said, okay, even when I'm somebody isn't paying me a wage, if I'm still producing my own work, I'm still working. Fantastic mindset to have. If it's not there, go and create it yourself. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I, I, you know, that I, I think I've had to work that way. I, I've had to be a grafter, yeah. and. Uh, for other people, they don't have to be grafters. It's okay. But it's kind of hard to get out of the habit of it sometimes. Yeah, well, so yeah. I find it quite hard to chill and so, just go, oh, you know, I don't, oh, well, I'm, you know, being paid and got a lovely job and playing a role that I love and that's great. And yet we're on lockdown, so I feel I should be creating. So you say you're still writing at the moment. Is there anything you can... Yeah, I kind of... Funny enough, I've left my writing a little bit for the last probably six, eight, nine months or so. I hadn't actually written so much over that time. And so I've now just started a book again that I that I planned to, to do a few years back, just, just a, sh a few years back, only sort of within the last sort of five years or so. And um, I, I didn't... I didn't manage to get to the time to it that I wanted to give to it. So I've been able to, to start that properly in the way that I've really wanted to. And okay. yes, yeah, so I'm now, I'm sort of about five chapters in, I think. Fiction, non-fiction? Non-fiction. Non-fiction. Okay. Non yeah. okay. Well, that's too much about it. So you can. Yeah. <laughs> Early days. Jewels, so. Early days. But it's all good. Yeah. I, I, the way I'm doing it with this particular thing is, um, because it's more about information, okay. um, it's and and 
a guidance to it in a way. There's, um, I'm, I'm kind of taking, I'm, I'm writing about specific points, but specific things, and then I'll look at it all afterwards and I'll go, okay, what should go where? Which yeah. should be that chapter? Yeah, Which, yeah that's right, exactly. Well, you know, how will this flow? Yeah. And, uh, but actually each chapter is very individual in their own right, so it doesn't really matter how they, I, I kind of, I think it's almost want a book where somebody could just pick it up, open it at any point, and find something informative in that chapter rather than they have to start from page one. Because I, because I've, I've been watching some of the bits and that that you've been doing, yeah. And uh, and of course, and it was it was funny because on the day that we did with Gabby, um, it's funny because I came in, you know, I wasn't really with you through the whole time of you doing your chat with Gabby. No, did you get a chance to try the food? I tried the food. I came in on the food. On the food. There you go. Perfect. I literally on the food. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, oh my God, I came in at exactly the right moment. And, um, but it, it was funny how it, I love, I, I love that with Gabby, but it was funny how, you know, we just met. That was the only experience that we had. We didn't really properly chat, no. but actually, isn't it funny how people just, you just find each other, even though you don't, really yeah, yeah. didn't have any experience of it that day so i didn't even really properly get to look at your book or anything that day well you know meryl, what i mean meryl's pa took it i gave it to her in the end right because gabby had a copy already but then gabby's oh, that's uh, hilarious so yeah but that's you know right doing, um, you know they do a serenity weekend meryl does a serenity weekend oh really so i'm actually booked on as one of their guests now to go because it's just no november i'm doing a cooking cooking demonstration about healthy mind healthy healthy body kind of thing oh that's fab and, uh, so um but yeah so we, but you know so yeah but Mer you know still speak to Merrill and his PA on a regular basis which is bizarre yeah. really because growing up with the Osmonds it's like how weird is this <laughs> so but it was funny it's funny as well because I, I I initially I kept in touch initially because um I found uh, a manager for him here uh, for a suggestion of a manager for him here for reality shows to do because he really wanted to do a reality show <laughs> and um so i yeah so i said and i suggested someone but actually sort of from that suggestion then i was going to go and see his, his live gig in london mm. and um it can't you know it wasn't going to happen so and i haven't really had any contact with them since yeah, well, let's say that everybody's gone off grid, isn't it? Um, Tracy, his PA, they, she contacted us the other day and said, we've had to move Serenity again. And it's November now, I think it is. Right. So, 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 so November, we'll, we'll probably try and catch up with them. So okay. at home, no takeaways, no McDonald's, no KFC. What have you been eating? Okay, let me tell you that I am not, in the great scheme of things in the world, uh, I would not necessarily class myself on a, as a cook right okay on saying that i can cook but it's never given me the buzz okay that people get from cooking until i made my own recipe of broccoli soup this <laughs> lockdown <laughs> it's given me so much pleasure about bro bragging about my own broccoli soup so it's your own recipe. It's my own recipe. Okay. I was like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna make a broccoli soup. And then I was like, I looked in a couple of books and I thought, I can't find one. 
I'm just going to make it. I'm just going to make it from scratch. It was so delicious. Can't stop making it. So it's like we've had, I think we've had three broccoli soups. I've kind of amended it slightly to a cauliflower soup as well now. Your fella started sprouting roots or something. Yeah, he's really sick of me bragging about it. Because I literally sit there and I go, mmm, this is amazing. It's like, and it's my own cooking. And it's like so vain, it's untrue. So you're going to share the recipe then? Yeah, shall I tell you the recipe? Come on then, share, share the recipe. You start by finely chopping Tanya Franks' broccoli soup. You start by finely chopping a white onion. Okay. Finely chopping some garlic. One or finely two cloves. Chopping, eh? One or two cloves. Two, two, two. Two cloves, yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah two cloves. Finally chop, finely chopping some ginger. Okay. Right? Put it in a pan and you, 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 you cook it till it's soft, slowly, okay. right? till it's soft. So it doesn't burn, but it's nice I'm and soft. the hand actions. Yeah, I'm doing it, right? <laughs> okay, so you've done it, you've got it. I sometimes cook mine in coconut oil. Okay, I usually okay. do mine in coconut oil. Okay, lovely. But you don't have to, you could use, you know, olive oil or something else if you want. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I do. Okay, so that's cooking nice and slowly there like that. That's great, cool. They're softening up nicely. And then I, uh, sometimes I get a little drop of water as well and I pour it on to soften it up a little bit more too, right? Like, so it's not just frying, it's like softens it a little bit more. You soften I do that too. Yeah, just right? water, not stock. No, oh, that, I'm coming to that. Oh, okay. To that. Yeah. And then, and then I uh, chop my broccoli, get my broccoli, wash it, put it in, pour in more water, okay? So that's all nice. And then I get my stock, my vegetable stock, and I throw my vegetable stock in. And then um, uh, I also add in, what else do I add in? Uh, vegetable stock, oh, half a tin of coconut milk. Okay. Shove in half a tin of coconut milk. Give it a nice old stir. Uh, and then I, um, uh, that's all great. That's all going well. And then I take it off and I blend it. Okay. Oh, and I throw in seasoning, lots of, you know, loads of seasoning. I've got a thing for seasoning. Salt, pepper. I don't use salt because I don't use salt in any of my cooking. Okay. Um, but I, I do use uh, black pepper and um, any, you can shove in any seasoning you want. <laughs> so it's a very vague... <laughs> <laughs> I've got, I've got, I've got a, a thing. A friend, a friend of mine's given that brings me over from America, Trader Joe's in the states. If you know America, you'll know Trader Joe's, right. and Trader Joe's do a thing called Twenty One Seasonings. You can shove some of that in. Okay. Shove some. I uh, get a spoonful of fresh oregano. I was in Sicily last year, and we bought fresh oregano back. So, teaspoon of fresh oregano in there chop some herbs up from the garden, shove those in there, do that, you know, you can shove in what you like. Nice bit of seasoning. And then sometimes I also add pea protein. Okay. Yeah, I've done that a few times, added some pea protein. And then you blend it. Okay. And, and then you get some lime and you chop some slices of lime, right? Take the rind off. You take yeah, the rind off. There's a lime in there as well, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Shove that in. Blend it all up again. Wow. Mwah! <laughs> I'm going to give it a go. Yeah, we're going to give it a go, actually. <laughs> it sounds Great. nice. With all that stuff in it, it's got to taste nice. It's fabulous. It's fabulous. And then I did a cauliflower version as well. But with the cauliflower version, yeah, with the cauliflower version, I added cumin. Garam masala. Hmm? Garam masala? Yeah, garam masala. Okay. I added some of that as well. <laughs> you just look so pleased with yourself. <laughs> I'm so chuffed. So you've got I've always been quite good at soups of broccoli and a cauliflower. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've always been quite good at a stir fry. Okay. I've always, I've always, I've always been good at a stir fry and I've always been good at a spaghetti bolognese. What you make is actually the kind of cooking that I would respond to. Good. Because well, you, you, by the signs of it, you're going to love the veggie book. So the yeah. Chinese takeaway cookbook is Chinese takeaway, but it's Chinese takeaway with all the nasty shit taken out. There's no MSG. Yeah, you think that's the thing. You know, so. I don't I don't do Chinese takeaway for that reason but it doesn't mean to say that I don't like the food because I do like the food so you got all the, all the nice stuff in there like I say if you don't want to add the salt obviously you've got the soy, you can get low sodium soy and stuff you can put in yeah so I use tamari I use tamari okay then so that gluten free isn't it tamari yeah yeah so, okay tamari. Sanchi yeah 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 okay brilliant well yeah you can use that so tamari soy Ooh. sauce well, you'll have to let me know you get on. Like I say, hopefully you'll get the results that everybody else are getting. And it's um, without the Chinese takeaway crash you get after a Chinese takeaway normally. You know when you have a Chinese takeaway from a restaurant or a takeaway, you always feel like shit half an hour afterwards. You do. And it's a shame because it tastes nice. Yeah. Whereas this, you don't, you don't get that crash at all because it's all nice stuff in there. So. Oh, and I forgot to tell you about the soup. I forgot to tell okay. you. And then at the end... Of course, I forgot to tell you this, that while it's, you know, while it's all cooking nicely and doing its thing and, you know, and doing, you know, yeah. nicely on the thing. In a way. Yeah, yeah. You cook some brown rice. Oh, okay. And you put, you put that into the bowl and then you pour the soup on top okay. of the brown rice. So you have brown Actually, rice in it as you well. Know what? That's going to be really nice for that texture. Yeah. You've got the nice sort of like smooth silky soup and then you get that chewy brown rice through as you come yeah so i can i can see that working actually but with the cauliflower soup uh i didn't do it with rice i made cauliflower rice oh okay so you got and i and as well. and so what i did was i grated cauliflower um so i put chunks of it in the soup yeah. that i blended up but i already grated a, a lot of cauliflower and put it in a pan and slightly sort of light fried it in a pan to soften yeah to soften but also to kind of um did you get to caramelize as well a little bit so yeah yeah that's right yeah. yeah and then put that in the soup so instead of having the rice i had the See, i had that in the i know you said you're not much of a cook but if you saw your face as you spoke about that whole process you look so chuffed with yourself. And that's what food is all about. Food, because obviously there are two things in this world, three things I reckon in this world that we need, okay? Obviously companionship, but breathing and food. You can't live yeah. if you don't breathe and you need food, regardless whether or not you like food or dislike food or whatever, because there are these weird people out there that turn around to me and they say, I don't actually like eating, but it's a necessity of life. If it's a necessity, you might as well make it as enjoyable as possible. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, but if you saw your face, 
you, I know. So you're like, well, you see, I, I used to, when I, when I, in between acting work, when I used to do temp jobs in between acting work, like early on in my career, I would literally earn money from my temp job to go to eat. Like I would, you know, it would be like to go to the Polish cafe and get really fantastic Polish sandwiches that were just gorgeous, you know, and, and I would spend all my money on eating, on food, on eating. Because uh, I love eating out and I love eating good food. Uh, and that really gives me a lot of pleasure. And that's probably why I've never really seen myself as a cook because I really enjoy the process of going and having something somebody else has made and really enjoying it. I love that. Yeah, not a chef, but definitely a foodie. Yeah, 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 definitely a foodie. The <laughs> soup. So soup. Yeah. Next thing we'll know, we'll have that Tanya Frank's cook and you'll have your own cookbook coming out. I'll put you in contact with Quadro <laughs> to say, I've made two soups. I think I could do a few more. <laughs> I reckon, honestly, I'm your soup girl. If you want a soup, come to Frank's. That's it. No wheat, no sugar and soups. That's it. Tanya Frank's soups. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure talking. You know, we've been talking for an hour and 45 minutes. No way. Really? It's quarter to two. Oh my God. Oh well. wow. What else were we going to do? We're in lockdown. Yeah, I know, exactly. That's a long time. Isn't it? It's been great. It's been absolutely fantastic. Well, we didn't chat on Gabby's show. We'd have nothing to talk about. <laughs>